Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to episode 2 of our new ranking series 5x5. Five five. I hope everyone is doing alright. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's been a long old week and oh, I hope everyone's chilling and staying safe and carving out four hours of time to watch Zack Snyder's Justice League. Yeah. Maybe if that's your thing, who knows. Um, so, this in this week's episode, or this this episode, sorry, this week's this episode, we are looking at horror comedies. But Ooh. first and foremost, before we get into the meat and bones of it, I am Simon, as always. And I am Lee. Cool. Um, so this is episode two. For those of you that didn't catch the first episode, it's up on everywhere where you can find us. Um, and it was on our top five favourite vampires in film and TV. As discussed, this one is horror comedies. So for me, there are a couple of things that I didn't do. I found this list, firstly, extremely difficult to make because there are so many good horror comedies yeah. and there are so many horror comedies that I love. But secondly, there were two types of films I ruled out when I made my list. Parodies, because they don't count, because they're not trying to be horror. They are just trying to be funny. So things like Scary Movie, Shriek, if you know what I did last Friday the 13th, all that stuff, I didn't even bother looking at. And I also didn't look at horror films that are funny. So things like Ready or Not, Scream, like films that are legitimate horror movies that have comedy in them. Because to me, that's not a horror comedy. A horror comedy is a film that is trying to be a comedy and a horror film. Sure. So that's kind of how I base my list on. I also tried to make our lists completely separate. So I tried to, when I made the list of all the all of my potential films, I tried to figure out which ones you were going to have on your list mm -hmm. and then tried not to include them on my list so that we don't double up. So we would have kind of unique lists and then we're not just talking about the same films twice over and people were just like, fucking hell, these people are boring. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it was quite a difficult list to put together because it's like one of the only branches of comedy that I do generally, of comedy, of horror that I do generally watch. So I love a horror comedy. So this was a really difficult list for me to put together as well. I thought... <laughs> I literally left it to the last minute as well. I was like writing this five minutes before we recorded. <laughs> well, I, I thought it would be quite a nice thing to do because we've talked about a bunch of weird movies recently. Mm -hmm. Um... Some of which were funny, I think unintentionally, stage fright. Um, <laughs> and then it's nice to just every now and then look at something that's a bit more light and has a bit more levity to it rather mm -hmm. than just everybody's getting fucking murdered and stuff. Um, and I kind of knew that you had watched a lot more horror comedies than you had like general horror yeah. movies. So I knew this would be an easy subject for you to tackle. Like with the vampires one, it was easy for me because I have like only a finite number of things that I can look at. Whereas with this, I was like, there's so many different ones from like across, like from my childhood, from my teen years, from my adult years. There's like more modern ones, there's like more classics. So for me, I found this list extremely uh, difficult to make. Hmm. But, you know, it, here we are. So we'll do the same thing that we did last time. We'll go through your three honourable mentions and then your number five. And then I'll do my three honourable mentions and my number five. And then we'll go Back one apiece until yeah. we get to, to our number ones. So, do you want to kick us off with your honourable mentions? Yeah, so my honourable mentions, number one on my honourable mentions, or number three on my honourable mentions, should I say, is what we do in The Shadows. I knew this From was going to be on your list somewhere. I figured it would actually be in your main list, though. 
the thing is, is I contemplated putting it in my main list, but I feel like it's not really a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Like, it's classed as a horror comedy because of obviously the subject matter, but I've never really viewed it as a horror movie. It's more of like a mockumentary. Yeah. <coughs> and for anyone who hasn't seen it or hasn't heard of it yet, which I question where you have been living, it's basically like a mockumentary about a group of vampires and them kind of living in the modern day. Mm-hmm. It's like the best way to explain it, and it's done by the guys from the Flight of, Flight of the Concord, so like Jermaine Clement, Taika Waititi... The other guy whose name I always forget, who's in Austin Land. Brett McKenzie. Brett McKenzie. And who's the who's the guy who plays the leader of the werewolves? <sighs> I don't remember because it's also the guy who's in Guns Akimbo. Yeah, I can't think of his name. He's in lo- he's in loads of stuff. He's a yeah, very funny guy. I cannot think what Reese. Reese something. Reese yeah. Darby. Reese Darby. There, there we go. go. Um, but I I know you've you've either never seen it or you've seen it once and you weren't too fussed on it. Um, I watched it once with you, and I think it's one of those things where I'd seen so many clips from it, so many trailers, and everybody told me to see this movie. By the time I'd actually watched it, I felt like I'd already seen all the funny bits, and everybody had severely overhyped it. So it was okay, and there are some really good bits in it and it is quite funny for what like the not the old Nosferatu fucker in it is really funny and when he lives in the basement yeah <laughs> his name's like Mark or something fucking stupid like that yeah or, or Norak or some. he's got some fucking weird stupid name but he's really funny like he it's, amuses it's, me it's just the little bits in it for me because it's a really well rounded film anyway but it's just a little bits like um them doing housework and like when they have the like vampire fights in the kitchen over who's doing like the pots and, and stuff. It's got the awful wire work. Or yeah. What's meant to look like wire work. It's so funny, and it's just a fun film. And also the werewolves. Yeah. We're not werewolves. No, what is it? We're not swearwolves. We're, We're werewolves. werewolves. Yeah. Um, and I just really love it. Uh, number two on my honorable mentions is Suburban Gothic. Okay, never heard of it. So it's from. Oh wait, hang on. Is this one with Matthew Gray Goobler in it? Yes. Yeah, so it's yeah, also yeah. from 2014. Mm-hmm. And it's a, like, haunting. So it's basically about a guy who's Matthew Grey Goobler, who's unemployed, he's a bit of like a man-child. He comes back home and ends up spending loads of time with, like, a bartender who's Kat Dennings and his house is being haunted. Okay. And it's the two of them trying to, like, basically stop this haunting. But they're both a bit shit at it and his parents are assholes. I thought that's all you need to know about I literally only ever watched it to begin with because Matthew Gray Goobler was in it and I love him <clears throat> deep yes. in my soul. Um, but it's just really fun and it's really bizarre. I don't really have a lot to say about it because you can't really say too much about it without giving away quite yeah. a lot of the plot. But it's just a really weird film. Okay. And it's really fun if you like that kind of stuff. And if you like Matthew Gray Goobler as an actor and like what he does outside of like Criminal Minds with like his acting <coughs> choices, you'll probably quite enjoy it. And then number one, which I think you probably thought would be on my actual list, mm. and it's not, is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Okay. Which was another one I'm like, he's going to anticipate this being on my actual list. It yeah, is I mean, I didn't include it in mine because I knew it would pop up in yours somewhere. So Elvira, Mistress of the Dark is, I feel like any kid who was a goth at any point in their lives has seen this movie because it's Elvira and it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. 
It's also the good one. Yeah. <laughs> because Haunted Hills is terrible. I think I think this was the first time I... Because I saw this movie when I was really young. And this was the first time I was like... I ever looked at a woman and was like... Holy shit. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I was like... I must have been maybe like... 10 when I saw this movie yeah. 9 or 10 which is far too young to have seen this movie because even though it's a comedy there's it's a lot of like adult jokes in it there's so many adult jokes in this and one. yeah I'm... but again it was like I'm, I'm the same I saw it really when I was quite young younger than I probably should have been mm-hmm. but I just love it it's just a fun campy and it holds up it holds up really well it's, we watched it what maybe a couple of months ago yeah over Christmas, I think. Over Christmas, because we watched both of them. And it still holds up. Like, I've seen it numerous times. But I think the reason it holds up is because of Elvira. Like, that goth girl with the dumb valley girl. Yeah. Attitude is amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's just a really fun film to watch. Yeah. And it's, like, it's not offensive. No. Like, I find some movies from that time period have, like, really offensive jokes in them. And, like, there's a lot of sexist jokes in it. But there's nothing like... But the thing is, is with the <clears throat> sexist jokes, is like, whatever any get made, Elvira kind of calls them out because there's the scene at the very beginning where the guy's taken over the, the station mm-hmm. and he makes a joke about her tits and she, like, hits him. Yeah. And punches him in the face. So I feel like, I feel like it's, it's, it's got humour that like, some people might look at today and be like, oh, but it's not mean-spirited. Like, it's not a mean-spirited movie. Oh, like, no, no, no. But the thing is, as well, is I feel like you watch it and, like... Especially given the you know the climate the world's in today and stuff, and it's like anything that is offensive in it kind of does get called out. Yeah. So it was like I've always thought of it as quite a progressive movie for the time it was made. Yeah, hundred percent. Because yeah, Elvira, the amount. I mean, apart from the bitch fights over the guy, mm-hmm. um, like she tends to call out a lot of the sexism that goes on throughout the film. It's just a really smart film. Yeah. I just really love it. Um, okay, so onto my actual list. Number five. Mm-hmm. I feel like you should have guessed this was on my list and you didn't. So number five is Scare Me. Okay. We've done an episode on this and I think literally you can listen to it just to hear me rant about how amazing this film is. Hi Josh. Hi Josh Rubin. Who listened to the fucking episode, <laughs> which is the weirdest thing that has ever happened to me in my entire life. Um... But it's a great film. And for the premise of what it is, it's just two people telling scary stories in a cabin. They pull it off. I say they. Josh Rubin pulls it off Mm -hmm. so well. Because he basically did the entire movie. He wrote it. He directed it. He fucking produced it. He wrote the theme tune. Sang the theme tune. Like... Um, I just found out recently via his Twitter that he's turning it into a stage show. Oh, fuck yes. Which is kind of interesting because the movie... I think we talked about this in the episode. The movie works really well if you think of it as a play, like as a three-person play. Yeah. Like, it works incredibly well if you watch it with that in your mind and that mindset. But yeah, that that, that movie's movie's great. It's amazing. And to say what we saw it... We we saw it literally to record this podcast. And I adored it it's just so, such a good film and it's so well done um for a single room film because that's basically what it is it's mm-hmm. a single location movie and it's just amazing yeah and uh josh's new movie has just been pumped up for worldwide distribution 
I'm so excited. Werewolves Within. It's coming in June. I love a good werewolf film. Yeah, boy. But yeah, like I love this film to the point that I bought merch for the film. If you want to hear us talk more about it, go back and listen to episode number seven, which is the episode that we did on it. Yes. Okay, do you want to do your number, your honourable mention, <clears throat> your number five? So, my honourable mentions <laughs> are... Number three, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. <laughs> I knew this was going to be on your list. Um, I couldn't justify putting it on my full list, but this movie is fucking great. This is another one of those movies we watched over Christmas break. We were yeah. at home, we had nothing to do. We had a week off work. And I think it's another one of those ones that we, we'd seen clips of it on In Search of Darkness. Mm-hmm. And we were like, we should probably watch this, because I in my head always thought it was like a horror film. Like a horror horror film because, you know, killer clowns, blah, blah, blah. And like, I am scared of clowns. I thought it was going to yeah, be like really terrifying. And then um, turns out it isn't. It's really <laughs> funny. And there's just some really great gags in it. Like how the clowns are like searching for people and their search dog is a fucking balloon animal. <laughs> and like... The cotton candy guns. Yeah. The killer, the kills in this movie are tremendous. The shadow puppet, there's one where one of them does a shadow puppet and he bites the guy's head yeah, off. Yeah, bites the guy's head off. Short, the one with Shorty where he punches the dude. The guy's like, "Are you gonna knock my block off?" And Shorty punches him with a boxing gloves on. And when they cream pie, that sounded wrong. <laughs> when they when they get all the the cream pies and they pie the guy to death and then they put the cherry on top of his like corpse. It's just a really fun fun movie and. Yeah. Well, because we, we, I think the thing is, is we wouldn't have watched this film if it wasn't for my friend Jess or yeah. our friend Jess. Now I guess Jesse, Jesse Rats. Jesse Rats, the ratty, because she was like, "You guys have to see it. It's so funny." So we have to thank Jess for that one. So if she actually listens to the podcast, hmm. Jessica, thank you. <laughs> so, she keeps telling me she's listened to it, and I'm like, "Have you though?" Have so you? my second honourable mention is a movie that just narrowly avoided going on my list and it's Jennifer's Body. Yeah. So Karen Kusama's 2009 horror comedy. This movie is fucking great. Um, I'm so glad that in the last four or five years people have reappraised this movie and gone back and rewatched it um, because it didn't get enough love when it came out. So Diablo Cody, who wrote Juno and did some of the script for the Evil Dead remake is on scripting duties here. The fucking dialogue is perfect. The casting is perfect. The comedy is fucking brilliant. And it's a good horror movie as well. Mm. And like... And through the trees will get stuck yeah, in your head. <laughs> there's just so many great things. There's there's like Chris... There's pre-fame Chris Pratt in this. Yeah. There's Adam Brody basically <laughs> playing Adam Levine from fucking Maroon 5. There's... <laughs> Like, J.K. Simmons with a weird hook hand in this movie. There's, like, just some, like... Is this is it the one where he's got the weird... No, it's not this one where he's got the weird hook hand. Sorry, I'm thinking of another movie where he's got the weird hook hand. Um, this this movie is fucking bonkers, though. And I would highly encourage everybody to check it out. Um, it's on Amazon Prime over here at the moment. If you've got Disney+, Plus, it's part of the star package that comes with Disney+, Plus over here as well. Um, but, yeah, it's fucking great. Go and watch it. Um, and my number one honourable mention is Happy Death Day. Um, it's too much of a comedy for me to justify putting it on my list. But I do love Happy Death Day because 
It's so funny and so clever and Tree is amazing. Uh, I love Tree. Um, she's such a great character and the whole idea of a slasher movie as Groundhog Day is fucking tremendous. It's a great film. The problem for me is it falls a little bit short of the horror aspect because even though it's technically a slasher movie it's not very horrific there's not a lot of actual horror in it like all the deaths are cut away yeah but you find that with even slasher movies anyway like not every slasher movie has really gory horrible deaths mm. some of them are cutaways also big up babyface killer because mm. babyface killer is awesome um so my number five on my list is mm. beetlejuice Boom shakalaka. So Beetle I was Juice. waiting for you to say it three times. I'm not gonna lie. Nah, man. I'm not saying the beat. I've said it twice. I ain't saying it again. You said it once. Uh, no, because I just said it again. Anyway, I'm not <laughs> saying it any more times. Um, this movie is another one of those movies that just works perfectly. It's such a pitch perfect film. It is a fun. Film. Um, I've not seen it in a while, but I remember seeing it as a kid and just falling in love with it. Um, everything about this movie works. The cast, the direction, like, it's scary when it needs to be scary, it's funny when it needs to be funny, um, and it never strays one way or the other. Like, it, it's never outwardly terrifying, but it's never outwardly, like, funny, funny. Um, Michael Keaton is amazing in it um, as the titular character. I think... Um, Fuck, Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin are also great in it, mm -hmm. in their attempts to scare the Dietz family, and just some of the things that they do are really funny, um, and it's just one of those movies, like, it's a good movie that's aged really well, it's Tim Burton at his absolute peak, um, and I think also it's one of those movies that you could put on for someone who doesn't really like horror. Yeah, it's one of those movies, like, so, well, I don't really consider it as a horror movie or even a horror comedy. Like, it's the kind of movie you can sit and watch with kids. Mm -hmm. um, but you are right, I guess it is a horror movie. Yeah. I mean, it's got horrific bits in it. But... I mean, yeah, it's like, well, it's, it's a haunting, isn't it? It's literally about yeah, uh, and then, and monsters like... and haunted houses. It's a horror film, but I, I just think... never... Also, some of the sequences of where, like, Barbara and... I can't remember his name... Are trying to scare them out of the house. Like, when she's, like, literally hanging in the cupboard. And, like, he pulls... Like, it really does the beak with the eyes and yeah. stuff. Like, there's some really great sequences in this movie. And it's it's one of those things, like... I, th I find it bonkers that they've been trying to make a sequel for years. Because Kevin Smith took a pass at writing a script for Warner Brothers... Where they were going to do... Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian... Three times. About, like, 15, 20 years ago. And he was going to be, like, surfing on a surfboard. Yeah. And, like, all this shit. I think the problem with doing a sequel to it is that it is, it is as close to a perfect movie as you're going to get. Yeah. And, like, it kind of, like, set Michael Keaton up to play Batman and stuff like that as well. And it's just it's just a fun movie. So that that's my number five. Okay, so my number four. This was a coin flip. <laughs> and it came down to the lead actress... Okay. On which one I picked. Also, technically, I'm counting both films in this. Okay. So it is Babysitter slash Babysitter Killer Queen. Okay. But it was very nearly Satanic Panic. Okay. <laughs> I mean, Samara Weaving's not in Satanic Panic. Yeah, no, I know, which is why I said it came down to the oh, leading yeah, okay. actress. 
because I love both of them, but I was like, I can't have two satanic cult films on here. It really I says mean, something about me. Sure. Um, but yeah, it went out on Tamara Weaving being the lead in the first one. And also, I can't remember what her name is, but the little, the younger girl in the second one. Jenny Ortega. Yeah, because I love her as well. Mm. She's going to be in Scream 5, y'all. Yeah. So, I'm going mostly with the first one, but both of them do count for this list. Babysitter is amazing. Mm-hmm. It. It's amazing. That's it. That's, that's my number four, guys. That's all I want to say. No, it's a really fun film, and it's one of those films that when we first sat down to watch it, I was quite adamant I wasn't going to like it. Because I was like, no, it's going to be scary. I'm not going to like it. And then fucking <laughs> Robbie and Mel takes his shirt off and is all like, big it up the kid. And I fell in love with this film. Like, the entire first 40 minutes of this film are not a horror movie. No. They are like a buddy comedy between... Oh, God, what is her cat B and the little boy whose name I can never remember? Because she's obviously his babysitter and they're hanging out doing, like, stuff when his parents are out of town. And it's that flip of, like, it goes from being this really sweet, kind of, like, family-friendly, them hanging out with each other, to suddenly, like, oh, shit, no, people are getting murdered. Okay, what? <laughs> the cast, like, I don't want to say too much about it because we are going to cover it. Yeah, we're month. covering it. It is for part my birthday. of our April lineup, <laughs> so we will get more in-depth. Oh, definitely, yeah. But I think the cast is really interesting in this movie. Like, you've got the Asian girl from Pitch Perfect, who's, like, the quiet one who doesn't really talk. The one who ate a twin in the womb. Then you've got Bella Thorne, who's Bella Thorne. You've got uh, the... What's his name? It's King something, the guy who's the YouTuber. Oh. Um, I don't remember what his name is, but, yeah, King... King somebody. Yeah, who's the YouTuber. And then Brumel. Samara Weaving. Samara Weaving. And then you've got Ken Marino and Leslie Bibb as Cole's parents. Mm-hmm. Cole, that's his name. Or it's being Cole, isn't I it? I mean, they should be known as Be a Little Asshole because he's a fucking dickhead. This kid is a knob. I'm not going to get into it because we'll talk about it when we talk about it, but that kid is an asshole. <laughs> but, he deserved no. everything that happened to him. And it's much, like, I love Samara Weaving in this, but I think my, my MVP for this movie is Robbie Amell mm-hmm. because, as Max. as Max, like, if you haven't seen Babysitter, I think it's on Netflix worldwide because it's a Netflix original. Yes, both of them are. I highly recommend just going and watching it because it's really, it's weirdly heartwarming for what it's about. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, we're covering it in the middle of April for one of our April episodes. So you've got a few weeks if you want to watch it prior to us doing the episode. Dissecting it. it and me um, just fangirling over how much I love that film. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't put it on my list because I knew you'd have it on yours <laughs> and then I knew we were going to be covering it in a couple of weeks. So you were like, like, I'm putting that on there. That yeah. bitch is definitely adding that movie to her list. So my number four is a movie that I know you haven't seen and we currently, as it stands, don't have any plans to cover it. Okay. But my number four is Bubba Hotep. Oh, uh, yeah, because I want to see it, but I want to wait and watch it first time for the podcast, because I think it should be fucking hilarious. This movie is amazing. So it's made by Don Cascarelli, who is the guy who made the Phantasm movies. Uh, quick plot rundown for any of you that haven't seen Bubba Hotep. If not, why? And if you haven't, rectify that immediately. So Bruce Campbell is in it, and he plays a guy who is an Elvis impersonator who gets put into a nursing home but he's convinced that he's the real Elvis who's still alive as a pensioner. 
but he makes a living being an Elvis impersonator, and he meets this old black man in his, like, nursing home who thinks that he's JFK. <laughs> and they come across a mummy, and that's all I'm saying, because you just need to watch it. So you've got <laughs> old-ass Elvis, Bruce Campbell, uh, Ozzie Davis plays the black guy who thinks that he's JFK, and then there's a mummy, and that's all I'm saying. <laughs> that's all you need it's to know. so funny so well written and it's just the sight of Bruce Campbell dressed as an old Elvis with a walking stick in his like white jumpsuit next to this other old guy in a wheelchair fighting a mummy tremendous that's all I need to say that's my number four and it's just 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 watch it you, you'll be glad you did okay so my number three I would like to preempt this by saying any of my top three, in fact, any of my top five could have been my number one, mm-hmm. but any of my top three could have easily been my number one. I've just basically written them out in the order that I was like, I had originally written them down. Mm-hmm. So there's not really a top three. It's just these are the three movies that would all be number one, but I can't have three of them. So, so number three is Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, I knew this was coming. <laughs> I'm not going to go into it massively because we have a nearly two hour long episode on why this is the greatest movie ever made. <clears throat> yeah, go watch it. Go listen to episode three if you want to hear more of our thoughts. It is... <clears throat> it's a movie I've always loved, even when I hated horror movies, because it is basically just a movie of horror movie tropes. Yeah. And it is amazing. I, I honestly, I, I can't verbalise how much I love this film mm-hmm. because it is, especially for anybody who doesn't particularly like horror movies, it's a great movie to watch <coughs> with people who don't like horror. Yeah, 100%. Because it's not too scary, but it has everything you require for it to be a horror movie, mm-hmm. but it is fucking hilarious. Yeah, it, it very much functions as a horror comedy. Yeah. Like, it's got really good gore, it's got really good elements of horror, and it's also piss funny as well. Yeah, and also it put me off ever going and staying in a cabin in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> like, legitimately, between this and scare me, I'm never staying in a cabin in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> My mum was saying I should go and stay in the ones in um, New Forest, because apparently they're really nice. And I was like... Yeah, I don't really fancy staying in a cabin in the middle of a forest. Thanks, Mum. Wait, wait until we wait until we cover Evil Dead, bro. Yeah, no, cabins in the middle of forests have been ruined for me now. So, uh, thanks, Cabin in the Woods, because you did it first. But yeah, if you want to know why I love this film, I just just go listen to the episode because it's a lot to get through yeah. on the list of reasons why this is great. But um, that's my number three. So much like you, my three could have been interchanged. Well, my number one was always going to be my number one. Um, but two and three were kind of interchangeable. So my number three is Idle Hands. I I should have seen that coming, to be fair. Yeah, you love that film. So this is a movie that I saw (laughs) when I was younger, much younger. Mm -hmm. So I was a teenager when this movie came out, and I was banging to The Offspring. Um, And I was like, oh, this movie looks kind of cool. I was really into, like, dressing like Seth Green... (laughs) <laughs> and listening to Offspring. So I was like, oh, this is cool. Seth Green's in this movie and so are the Offspring. Um, but it's just fucking great. It's like, it's a stoner comedy and like a weird satanic like slasher movie all in one. Um, we are going to cover it at some point. Um, but it's just tre- tremendously funny. Like, it's really dark. Um, there's There's a scene in it that 
me and my sister used to quote all the time where one of them's got a fucking electric carving knife and he's like, ha ha, I'm Leatherface. And we used to just run around the house saying to each other, look at me, I'm Leatherface. And yeah, that's think, I think that's part of the reason why I love this movie so much is the nostalgia I have for it because I watched it a lot when I was younger. Um, but it, it functions perfectly as a horror movie because it's got really good gore in it. Um, the idea of just like an evil hand running around and killing people is hilarious. And, and it's the same guy who does um, the thing, isn't it? Yeah, so the hand actor is the same guy who does thing in the Adams Family. But it's also like a really, really funny film. And I think like Devon Sowers in this, I think this came out like the year before he did uh, Final Destination. It's got a pre-fame, Jessica Alba in it, uh, Seth Green's in it. Um, and like, it's just really funny, really light, it's it's light but it's dark. It's got a really good dark sense of humour running through it. Um, and you know, evil hands, man. Who the fuck doesn't love an evil hand? <laughs> evil hands, evil hands. So yeah, Idle Hands, really, really good. And I think it's one of those movies again. Like, I never used to hear people talk about it, but recently it's having a resurgence. I, you know, it turned twenty like last year or the year before. It got a Screen Factory Blu-ray release. You know, and people talk about it a lot more fondly when it comes up for like movies for like party movies or like Halloween watches. It's a movie that's kind of re been rediscovered by a new generation, mm-hmm. and I think that's part of its staying power. And yeah, it just it just fucking rules. <laughs> yeah, Are you done? I am. Okay. Um, so my number two is I feel like this again. It won't be too much of a shock for you. Zombieland. Okay. Yeah, again, another movie I didn't put on my list because I knew that you were going to put it on yours. I love Zombieland. I adore the first one. The second one is good, but it's... It's more of the same. More of the same. There is that great um, bull run off the edge of the thing, though, which is yeah. amazing. Uh, but I love Zombieland. I, we've, we have seen it together numerous times because it's the kind of movie if I've had a bad day, I'm like, mm, get on Zombieland. So I went to see Zombieland at the cinema when it came out. I saw Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 and Zombieland back to back in the <laughs> cinema. I made sure I went to see Halloween 2 first because I knew that movie was going to be batshit and violent. And then I was like, I'll go and watch Zombieland after because it will be really funny. And lo and behold, it, it was, was hilarious. I think I went to go see it at the cinema as well, but I think I went with Nick. I vaguely have recollections of I'm pretty confident it was with the name. <coughs> but I just loved it because I'm not a big zombie film fan. Yeah. I don't watch I don't watch The Walking Dead. I don't watch any zombie TV shows. I watched iZombie. That's the closest we got to me watching something zombie related. Mm-hmm. I don't particularly like zombie films. They're just not they're not the monster for me. Um but there's something just so intrinsically fun about Zombieland and the characters and it's the kind of movie that you've had a bad day you're singing Daniel Powder to yourself you're like put on Zombieland remember the rules just watch fucking oh what's he called what is fucking his name Woody Harrelson yeah Jesse Eisenberg Tallahassee Tallahassee, ta- yeah, that's, that's Woody, isn't it? It's yeah. Tallahassee. Tallahassee's need 
for fucking Twinkies. Twinkies. <laughs> Mate, and weirdly emotional as well. So emotional. Like, it has that fucking scene where you think he's talking about his dog for ages, and then you realise, like, it's his... Spoilers. It's his son. Like, his little son that's been murdered by zombies. And, yeah, it's... Fu- like, and the Bill Murray cameo oh. is fucking from do you know originally that was going to do Patrick Swayze and then he died and they couldn't but also I do love that Bill Murray reprises his cameo in the second one see I say they couldn't have Patrick Swayze but he was dead so they could have done no babe no (laughs) let's Um, just let poor Patrick rest in peace I mean you know they could remake Ghost of Him now Um, (laughs) for fuck's sake sorry I actually do genuinely love Patrick Swayze man's a legend but yeah, so yeah, Zombieland's a really good movie. I I like to I like to watch Adventureland and then watch Zombieland. Oh fuck Adventureland! Mate. Because they go to the theme park at the end, and I like to imagine that like Zombieland is like ten years set ten years after Adventureland, and I just go back to the theme park where he worked for that summer in Adventureland. The only difference being that Zombieland is actually a good film. Mate, I love Adventureland. We chatting. Oh yeah, movie shit. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> it is shit. But yeah, Zombieland's great. It's I mean, a fantastic film. The thing is, putting this list together, and I'll probably say at the end, like, there's so many movies that I had to cut mm-hmm. out that I really wanted to put in this list. Um, so the top five for this was really difficult. But no, number two is Zombieland, is what I'm basically saying. One of the cool things that they did for Zombieland as well, so Zombieland came out in 2009, and um, I hadn't heard a lot about it until I was at Comic-Con that year. And I went... I was in the panel for some reason because I was waiting for something else and I had to sit through that panel to get to whatever panel it was that I was waiting for. And they did a massive zombie walk through the streets of San Diego to promote the film that weekend. And it was really fucking cool just seeing so many people like doing this like promotional zombie land themed walk. And it was really fucking cool. They do like one in Brighton. They do a zombie walk in Brighton for some reason. Because hmm. um, they did a couple when I was living in Brighton. Um, but yeah, Zombieland's just a... Re- and it's one of those films as well where you look back on it now and you're like... So, Jesse Eisenberg, Emma Stone and Abigail Breslin all went on to be really famous after this movie. Because like Abigail Breslin went on to be in like Scream Queens and like loads of other oh, shit. I fucking love Scream Queens. Um, Emma Stone got like won won an Oscar or was nominated for an Oscar. I don't know if she actually won for La La Land and I The think, Help as well. I think she, was... she may have won one of them because I'm pretty sure either she won or the film won the award the year that Ryan Gosling had the attention drawn away from him by Ryan Reynolds and Andrew Garfield yeah, making out with each other. That wasn't the Oscars. That was at like the that Baptist, was the Oscars, the Baptists or something. I don't. In all honesty, babe, the only thing I know about that for certain is that Andrew Garfield and Ryan Reynolds kissed. Yeah. The rest of it is completely unnecessary information. I mean, it doesn't really matter, but yeah, she won an Oscar for something. So you look, and like Jesse Eisenberg obviously got nominated for like Social, Social Network, Network and stuff like that, which is a. He a was nom- also in that fantastic movie we went to go see that we've only seen once and no one ever talks about American Ultra. American Ultra. Was that movie good? It was a, It was really good. I don't really remember it. Oh, I really honest. enjoyed it. No one ever talks about it and it makes me a little bit sad. I'd forgotten we'd seen it. I'd forgotten it existed until you literally the second you just mentioned it. It's a good film. Um, so my number two is The Adams Family. The original one. 
not did, 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 the did. second. Although, see, I put the original one, but I actually much prefer values. Uh, it's a controversial opinion. Well, then make it values instead, babe. You can change it. It's fine. No, but like, it's I, in stone. I, like, I really, really like the first movie because it was like the prime example of we can take this, this property that was a comic book strip that was a black and white TV show and this is what it looks like as an actual film. Which one is which? So is Adam Sandler's the one where Fester comes back. Yeah, and so Values the, is the one with the camp. Yeah, so the first one is the one where Fester comes back. It's it's the imposter Fester, and they're trying to get the money from the family, and then they lose their home, and like they all have to get like, regular jobs and stuff. And then the second one is the one where Joan Cusack plays, plays his the serial killer who's like policing I, him for all of his money. I prefer the first one. I like the original. I like values, but the original's better. Yeah, I think The Addams Family is another one of those movies where it's like, it's a horror movie, but it's like gothic horror and it's accessible and it's just really, really funny. Um, It's just one of those movies that's like a really good comfort movie and everybody's perfectly cast in it. Like, Roll Julie is amazing in it. Um... Angelica Houston's amazing in it. Christina Ricci's amazing in it. Crystal Lloyd's amazing in it. Um, like the entire cast across the board is just brilliant. Um, and I think as well, like it's one of those movies that like it knows where the line is. So it's not it's not trying to scare you. It's not trying to be gross. It's not trying to do anything to make anybody uncomfortable. But it has that sort of really black humour running through it. Yeah. And it's just one of those films where you, no matter how many times you watch it, much like the second one, if it's on TV and it's like an hour in, you'll sit and watch the end of it. Oh, yeah. Like, you'll sit and watch the rest of it because it's just that good. Um, and it makes me sad that they only made two of them with that cast and now we're just kind of stuck in this weird limbo of them just making like weird animated films. I um, see. I quite liked the latest animated one up until about forty minutes in, mm-hmm. when Wednesday starts getting girly, and I was like, Wednesday would never do that. Yeah, this is a betrayal. It's absolutely <laughs> betrayal. But like, you know, it was one of those shows because I grew up. There was the animated cartoon on TV. Obviously, I saw both the movies. And, like, <clears throat> I didn't want to be adopted by the Adams Family because I love my mum dearly and she was a phenomenal mum. She still is a phenomenal mum. But I kind of wanted them to be, like, my creepy aunt and uncle who lived... Mm. I could go and stay with for weekends. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you're cool and all, but you're not as cool as my mum, but I would like to stay with you for a little bit. Yeah, and I think as well, it's, like, one of those things. It's, like, as a franchise, it's massively endured over the years because people can relate to it. And it's one of those things you still see people walking around with like fucking patches on their bags that say like, I myself am strange. That's from Beetlejuice, isn't it? Yeah. I was like, I myself am strange and unusual, but that's from Beetlejuice. Oh, like, think about There's them. the quote from um, from it though, that Wednesday says, I can't think what it is, but they're like, I always see like little like goth girls, even like younger goth kids now are still wearing that patch. It's the same as like, we are the weirdos, mister. Yeah. It's like one of those phrases that has become so prevalent to goth culture. I can't think what the Wednesday Adams quote is, but it's a Wednesday quote that um, it's on loads of patches. It's going to bug me for the rest of the day now. My favourite though will be um, whenever I, whenever it's Halloween because I don't particularly like dressing up. I don't like partaking in work related things. So they'll ask me what I'm going to dress as as Halloween. 
and I'm always there like I'm gonna dress as a, a what is it what is it she says <clears throat> why don't you know this I'm gonna dress as a homicidal maniac oh, yeah. because they look like everybody else yeah it's just yeah I just I cannot say enough good things about these films and this franchise and you know the fact that that movie is what 30 years old now and it just never seems to age and like you can see the aesthetic from it in like loads of other films mm-hmm. Like, if you look at the way... Like, I mean, if you look at the way that fucking Lemony Snicket's A Series of Unfortunate <sighs> Events, the film is filmed, it looks like The Adams Family. Mm-hmm. It feels like The Adams Family. And, like, there's so many, like... Thi- like, there's so many things that other TV shows have taken or, like, bits and pieces. And, you know, it's just... When you look at... In comparison to like the monsters, like the Adams family was way more successful at translating that property into a film than what the monsters was, and I feel like it's also made more of a lasting impression yeah, on culture. I mean, don't get me wrong, I fucking love the monsters. Oh probably. yeah, but... but you can definitely see like the fact that they're still trying to make like Tim Burton's making a Wednesday Adams TV show for Netflix. They, they're making a second animated film. They keep tra- talking about making more live-action films. Like, that's the power that the franchise has over something like The Monsters, where it may or may not be getting rebooted by Rob Zombie, but it is what it is. But yeah, so my number two is The Adams Family. Okay, my number one, and I feel like you know this is coming, and mm. also you're going to get mildly irritated with me, because while it is technically only one of them, because you would say only one of them is actually a horror movie... My number one is the Cornetto trilogy. Okay. Technically, it's Shaun of the Dead because you are quite adamant that I see it as a horror comedy. But I will maintain my argument that all three of them are horror comedies. Okay, sure. Because <laughs> they Defend are. Defend your argument. So they're zombie. Ovs. Shaun of the Dead. Hot Fuzz is. You are correct. It's a buddy cop comedy. But also, it is a slasher movie. Okay. Has a hooded figure murdering people sure. and the third one's an invasion movie which could be both sci-fi and horror depending on the kind of invasion it is okay so i will defend that argument to the grave but for the sake of it actually <coughs> being recognized as a horror comedy i will say short of the dead it's a rom-zom-com rom-zom-com <laughs> i this to be fair this was always going to probably be my number one irregardless of anything else on my list i love the entire trilogy, but I love Shaun of the Dead. Because not only is it a good zombie film for somebody who doesn't particularly like zombies, it is a really good f- comedy movie and it is a phenomenal British film. Because mm-hmm. yeah. it is so quintessentially English. Yes. This is very much how we would deal with the zombie apocalypse. We would go to the pub and wait for it all to blow over. We have... That is literally... In fact, there's a pub near us called the Winchester it's down like past the train station and stuff like on the way down to like where your old work is there is a pub along that way called the Winchester because my friend has gone in there before when it was raining and said to go up in here and wait for it all to blow over <laughs> and I was like it wasn't until we were in the, he was in the pub and then the guy was like oh funny Sean of the Dead and he was like what? and he was like oh we're called the Winchester and he was like I didn't realise but now <laughs> I feel like a dickhead <laughs> and my friend Matt I don't know if you've met Matt no but it's a great, it's a great film. It's endlessly quotable. Mm-hmm. It was the way we arranged our wedding. <laughs> and 
and I just love it. And in all honesty, the, now Simon, Pe Simon Pegg and Nick Frost can do no wrong when it comes to films for me, apart from Paul, because I've never seen it and I probably never will. But I basically love any film the two of them are in. And it's just, it's, it is, because <coughs> I've seen like Dawn of the Dead, the more recent one. Zack Snyder one. Yeah, mm -hmm. probably. Um, and like you compare that to Shaun of the Dead and I'm like, the Zack Snyder movie is like, all right, but it's not a great film. And then I'm watching like Shaun of the Dead like, and this is the greatest zombie film ever made. It's phenomenal. It's, it's very much, it's a lot more realistic, I think, than most zombie films ever are. And that's why it's so enjoyable. Because when you come to something like a zombie apocalypse, nobody's going to be reacting like they do in zombie films, apart from the getting eaten. Mm. You're not going to suddenly become a whiz with, like, weapons and be, like, fighting off the apocalypse. You're literally going to be like, oh, shit. Um, what do we do? <coughs> just go to the pub. It's like that scene okay. where they're throwing the records at the no, the records. And this is the, this is the thing. It's, it's just such a... And it also has a great cast, including down to, like... The the guest stars in it who are not really in the film like Martin Freeman pops up for like a grand total about five minutes, and it's it's a very British film, and also I don't know how I think it's quite popular worldwide. Yeah, which often confuses me, like with any of the films in the Cornetto trilogy, how people who aren't British enjoy it. Yeah, because <laughs> like, they're essentially English. I mean, it's like a lot of things, though, isn't it? I think. There is a lot. There are a lot of English things in it, which like American audiences and people might not necessarily understand. But there are like universal things that are in mm. it. Um, I mean, one of my favourite scenes is the scene at the end when, spoiler alert, Ed gets turned into a zombie and they're like playing video games at the end and Ed's trying to eat him. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do, I, like, Shaun of the Dead, weirdly, is the one that I've seen the least amount of times. Because, mm. like, as much as I don't like The World's End, I've basically just tried to keep re-watching it until I like it more. And, like, I've seen Hot Fuzz a bunch of times, um, even though it's, like, eight hours long. Um, but, yeah, Shaun of, the, Shaun of the Dead's one of those, it's another one of those ones where I didn't see it for ages... Because everybody raved about it because obviously Spaced, the show that came before it, everybody loved Spaced. So they were like, we'll watch this movie because it's the guys who made Spaced. I never watched Spaced. I've seen the odd um, episode. It's quite funny. And like, it took me a really long time to watch Shaun of the Dead because I was just like, I don't really know if I'm going to enjoy this. And it's, it's a, it is a good movie. I'm not going to say that it isn't. But I just think when you go back and rewatch it, there's so many things that you, if you're looking for them, like you'll notice, like um, the the hard the electronic store that fucking Sean works in is called Foree's, which is Ken Foree, who is from Dawn of the Dead, and he was in From Beyond when we covered it. Mm -hmm. um, and then like he says, "Oh, Mr. Romero wants us to do this." It's obviously George Romero. And, oh yeah, this the film like, is. So chock a block with references because it references potentially one of my all time favorite movies in it because it does reference Battle Royale at one point. Yeah. To the point there's a there's a Battle Royale poster on the wall in their house and then sort of can't for the life of me think what the character's name is but he does the headband. Yeah. Like the red tie around his head which is a reference to one of the main characters in Battle Royale. Or you know Rambo. 
and no because it's I know what you're saying, but the way it's done is it's the same colour in the exact same way as... Oh, I can't think what the character's called. But there is so many references. And when I saw the Battle Royale poster, because I saw this when I was quite young, it was long after I'd got super into Battle Royale. And I saw the poster, I was like, oh my god, it's fucking... How cool is that? A little, like, fucking... I was, like, maybe 14, 15. <laughs> I'm like, how cool is that? A reference in that film that I've seen. Nobody else knows what this movie is. Because <laughs> I was a little dickhead. <laughs> I mean, obviously people did because they referenced it. <laughs> shh, shh. But I thought I was super cool because a movie that I love that like no yeah. one knew had heard of was referenced in Shaun of the Dead. It's I just like, a fun film. One of the one of the things the, the the one of the weirdest lines in it that always gets endlessly quoted, and this is for me how I know it's a British movie, is when Shaun goes to the shop and he says to Ed, "I'm going to shop for anything," because that is such a British <laughs> thing. Shop for anything. Yeah. Because is that when he... The first one's the chocolate cornetto, isn't it? No. So the first one is the strawberry cornetto. Strawberry. The middle one is the chocolate, chocolate And then it's vanilla. And then the mint one is oh, the Oh, is it mint? One. Oh, yeah. Alien's yeah, mint. It's, yeah. it's I don't know why I thought one of them was vanilla. Well, it's like the vanilla and chocolate one, which is oh. the blue one, which is hot fuzz. And then, obviously, the green one is for the world's end. World's end. But yeah, I, and I love like I love the whole set of the movies. And I love the fact that they went, we're going to make a set of movies. What are we going to call them? And someone went, Cornetto Trilogy. And they went, excellent, sorted. <laughs> Literally. Although, World's End is the only one where you don't actually see someone eat a Cornetto. No, because it's just a wrapper at the, towards the end of the film, yeah. isn't it? It's the wrapper on the fence. On the fence. But no, um, all three of them are fantastic. If you haven't seen the Cornetto Trilogy... First and foremost, have you been living under a rock? Secondly, source a copy of all three films and sit and watch them. They're regularly on streaming. Like you, they pop up on like Netflix and Amazon. Prime They're never all that. three of them on the same streaming no, service no, no, no. at the same time, though. It's a nightmare. <coughs> we'll be like, oh, Netflix for Shaun of the Dead, over to Now TV for World's End, no, for Hot Fuzz, and then onto Amazon for World's End. Yeah. It is a nightmare, but yeah, no. If you can, if you haven't seen them, which I doubt there's many people on this planet who haven't seen them, um, I would highly recommend them. They're super fun, and um, yeah, they're just a great film. Z. Agreed. But yeah, so that's what was my number one, which was technically a cheat, so I'm counting all three of them. But we'll only talk about Shaun of the Dead. It's fine. Your number one, my love. Do you want to take a guess as to what my number one is? I think it's gonna. I think you're gonna try and argue with me about it, but it is a horror comedy. Mm. Part of me feels like it's gonna be the Evil Dead. No. What's there? What's the sequel? Evil Dead Two. No. Army of Darkness. Army of Darkness. No. Oh, I don't know then. So my number one is the original Ghostbusters. No, I'll give you that. I'm not gonna argue that with you. <laughs> so. I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to argue. It's a horror I, I went back and... I, I knew the minute we were doing horror comedies, this was going to be number one. And I went back and forth on it for a really long time because there are obviously people that don't consider it a horror film. There are some people that just consider it a straight comedy. And... I'm pretty sure it's marked down as a horror yeah, comedy on like IMDb. This movie is one of my all-time favourite films. Like, I'm literally sat in the room that we're recording this in, and I can see Ghostbuster shit all over the place. Yeah, you have There's a lot of There's a State Buff Man over there. There's fucking Ghostbusters Funko Pops up there. I've got Ghostbusters books, Ghostbusters video games, Blu-rays. Like, I absolutely adore Ghostbusters. 
Um, this is a movie, so this movie's one year older than I am. This movie came out in 1984, I came out in 1985. Um, and it's a movie that I watched as a kid, and it just stayed with me forever. And it is a movie that does walk a really fine line, because originally when it was pitched by Dan Aykroyd, it was going to be Dan Aykroyd, Jim Belushi, and Eddie Murphy, and it was going to be more of a straight horror film and it was going to be more scary and then along the way when Ivan Reitman got involved and Bill Murray came on board it took on more of a, a comedy side but there are there are scenes in this movie now to this day that are still genuinely quite frightening so when I was a kid and I saw this movie for the first time the movie that the scene that scared me is the scene where Dana is making the eggs and the eggs start flying across the room and then she opens the fridge and, like, the, the dog is in the fridge and he's all like, there is no data, he's all... Um, and then, obviously, the sequence where she's on the, the chair and, like, the arms are all grabbing her. And then, obviously, you've got the whole climax of the film with Goza and the Hellhounds and then the Stay Puft Man. And then, obviously, the beginning bit with the library ghost. But it is a really funny film as well. This is another one of those movies where it's aged incredibly well, um the practical effects and the special effects still hold up now. Um, its legacy is enduring. I mean, there's still... Like, there's a new Ghostbusters movie coming out this year. I'm really excited for the new Ghostbusters. Which is, like, a legacy sequel that's going to take place after the second one. So it's going to be one, two, and then this one. Um, you know, you've got video games. You've got, you know, Answer the Call, which is the one that's got Melissa McCarthy, Kristen Wiig, Leslie Jones, and Kate McKinnon in it which is also a really good movie that I really enjoyed. But I think the reason why the first movie has endured for so long is the cast are great, the story's great, you know, the the, the jokes. I mean, this is a, a movie that is essentially a, a family comedy that has got a ghost blowjob joke in it, which yeah. is, like, really, like, out there. And you're just like, okay, what the fuck is this? Like, it's endlessly quotable. It's got so many good quotes that, like, Hey, if somebody says, like, um, am I a god, you say yes. And, like, things like, are you the gatekeeper? And all, like, endlessly, it's endlessly quotable. You've got fucking Slimer and the Stay Puft Man, which are two of the most iconic characters, like, side characters that have ever been created. Mm -hmm. um, and I just think, you know, it's one of those movies that has stayed with me for so long and I think will always stay with me just because it's a part of my childhood and like I can't imagine having never seen it and it's one of those films that I'm genuinely really excited to like watch with our kids for the first time and get to see it again through their eyes mm. and I just and alongside Alien this movie helped uh, develop a really unhealthy obsession with Sigourney Weaver, Weaver. <laughs> yes. who's, who's like absolutely incredible in this movie um, but yeah like I think when we put this list together it was always going to be Ghostbusters because it functions very well as a horror movie it functions very well as a comedy and most importantly it's a really good horror comedy and the fact that we're still talking about it like 37 years later and people are still discovering it for the first time. And... No, yeah, because I only saw it for the first time, what, like, three years ago? Yeah. 
and there's like a massive online community called Ghost Heads. There's a really good documentary actually online called Ghost Heads, which is all about the Ghostbusters community and the fandom and stuff. And like everybody in the fandoms, like super respectful, and they all like go to conventions together and stuff. And it's really cool. It's just a really like nice, heartfelt documentary. Um, so yeah, Ghostbusters is my number one. Um, so there, obviously, we are aware of the fact that there are a lot of movies that are missing from our list. So as always, come find us online. S I M A H F Pod on Twitter. So I'm Married a Horror Fan on Instagram and Tumblr. Come let us know what your favourite horror comedies are. Um, let us know what you think of our lists. Um, we'll be back on Monday with our regularly scheduled programming for a episode on the 1999 remake on House on Haunted Hill. And until then, I have been Simon. Before we go, oh. I just wanted to, I wanted to just push something out there because there's a film that didn't go onto my list. It is in a list of horror comedies. If you look online, it says it's, it's, it's a horror comedy. And I wanted to get your thought on whether you would class this film as a horror comedy or not. Mm-hmm. Assassination Nation. <sighs> I don't really know, to be honest. That movie's a weird mix of all... It's like political satire, it's a thriller, it's an action movie, it's a horror movie, it's a comedy. It's, uh, it's... See, because I don't think of it as being a comedy. And then mm. when I was looking through a list of horror comedies for this list, Assassination Nation came up and I was like, that's not a funny film. It would be a black comedy. It would be a very would dark be like, comedy. Like a satire more than anything. Yeah, but I, I was all I wanted to ask was what was your opinion on that? Because I didn't think it would fall under a horror comedy. Yeah. I just always thought it was a very bleak film. Yeah, it is. I love it, but it's a bleak film. I'll never watch it again. No, I wouldn't consider it a horror comedy. But yeah, anyway, so that's our lists. Um, as always, come find us in the usual places. Let us know what you think. Let us know your favourite horror comedies. And um, yeah, as I say... We'll speak to you in the next episode. Bye. Bye.